Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today, and we're talking about the true meaning of the nativity. You know, many of us set up a nativity set uh, for the Christmas holiday, and some of us even put up Christmas trees. But, you know, what is the true meaning of the nativity set? And we're going through the full story of Jesus Christ from his birth, clear till his resurrection, and the meaning uh, of all of it. And so, thanks for joining us here. Uh, remember, you're the most important person here because without you, we cannot teach. We learn so we can teach. We teach so we can learn. So we want to talk about why did the uh, the Magi bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Of course, we're talking about the wise men, and uh, the birth of Jesus there is uh, quite symbolic, and his whole life was symbolic. And that's why we're going through this. But, uh, you know, uh, the three gifts had a spiritual meaning. Gold was symbolic to uh, kingship on earth, while frankincense, frankincense uh, and incense was a symbol of deity. And myrrh, the gift of myrrh, was given, uh, it's an embalming oil as a symbol of death. That's the death of his uh, cross. Uh, this dates back to uh, origin in Cantres uh, Salsum. Gold uh, as to a king, myrrh, as to one who was mortal, and incense as to a god. You know, the gospel, what is the gospel? Many of us uh, uh, have heard you know, that the gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 6. This is the uh, first letter the Apostle Paul wrote. And it says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scripture said, he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Okay, and so some have died. Now, <clears throat> you got to remember here, the death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus dies for us. So he can give his life to us, so he can transmit his life through us. That is the gospel. And a life not accepting of the finished work of Christ is not living in freedom. It's not a gift. Remember, the focal point of all scripture, by choice and design, is it points us to Jesus Christ himself. Jesus actually said this to the Pharisees, those teachers of the law, he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that point to me. And so under this old covenant, folks, uh, forgiveness was conditional and ongoing based on what we did. In fact, uh, before the cross, there was bulls and goats. They would offer bulls and goats once a year and they would put their place their head on that bull or goat, and that bull or goat would have to be sacrificed, and that would atone for their sins for that past year.
But then a year later, they had to repeat that same ritual. You see, that's where this comes from. And a lot of times uh, we're mixing this uh, old covenant with the new covenant and we're getting it confused. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. A lot of Christian circles will bring this in and say, this is why we have to ask for forgiveness, and this is why we have to forgive others, because if we don't, then God the Father will not forgive us. Okay, but we're not under law, folks. See the conditions under the, under the law? And so Jesus, before the cross, was given the law to, the, to those under the law, to bury them, to show them a need for the grace message, to show them a need for the new covenant. See, under the new covenant of grace, folks, forgiveness was final and unconditional based on what Jesus did. That's why we read Ephesians 4.32, which says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see the past tense forgiveness there? God has forgiven you through the cross. You see? But this is one that's thrown out in many Christian circles. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Truth of the matter is, that's uh, we're convinced here at Grace Teaching Ministry that John is speaking to an unbeliever in 1 John 1, 9. There's too much evidence proving that the sin issue has been dealt with through the finished work of the cross. God's not dealing with sins anymore. God's not dealing with your sins anymore. He took them and placed them on his son, Jesus. Jesus was judged. You are not. He was condemned. You are not. You see? And so, there's just too much evidence that backs this up. We, uh, we see in 1 John 2.12 that John is now writing to believers in Christ. In 1 John 2.12, he says this, Dear, dear children of God, I'm writing to you because your sins have been forgiven. Notice the past tense forgive, forgiveness there. That means it's, it's been done. They have been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Yes, say. Psalms 103.12 says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Folks, that's from the beginning of time till the end of our time. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, your sins from birth till the time you're absent from the body, present with the Lord, your sins are forgiven, every single one of them. That's why we stand in Christ as children of God, forgiven, right, and loved unconditionally by our Father. And this has nothing to do with performance or behavior. Another one, if you'd like, 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was reconciling the whole world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
and he has committed us to us the message of reconciliation. So God's not counting people's sins against them. If you're in Christ and you've accepted the free gift of salvation, God is not counting your sins against you. Okay? Here's another one. 1 John 2, 2. Jesus Christ gave his life to pay for our sins, but he not only paid for our sins, he also paid for the sins of the world. So when you accept Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on that cross, you are a forgiven person. You are no longer in Adam. You're in Christ. You're a child of God. And so we see here that the... Uh, when we began this, we, we saw a symbolic uh, gift given to Jesus. When Jesus was in that manger as a baby, he was given the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, he is now, this gold is symbolic to the king of kings, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense uh, was an incense, and it was symbolic to deity and now remember one God three functions and myrrh was an embalming oil it was symbolic to his death the death that he died the penalty was death for sin and he took them all God bless and this has been the third and final uh, true meaning of the uh the Christmas story and the nativity story and what is symbolic. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity uh, to be a blessing to you. God bless. Thank you.